0: Hey everybody, welcome to Chance by Chance, a resource for young creators learning to navigate the professional field. This is Chance Gilliam speaking, and I am wonderfully excited to welcome Ashley Blaine Featherson to the show today. I came across her work on the Netflix original series Dear White People, which I've really been enjoying. Ashley plays Joelle, actually reprising the role from the successful 2014 Sundance film of the same name, written and directed by Justin Simeon. The TV series premiered on April 28th this year to wide critical acclaim. Ashley has also appeared on Glee, CBS's Drew, My Crazy Roommate, and State of Georgia. She's a co-creator of the original web series Hello Cupid. Born in Washington, D.C. and raised in Gaithersburg, Maryland, Ashley obtained her BFA with a concentration in musical theater from Howard University. Today, she lives in Los Angeles. We talk about living in California including what Ashley did upon moving there to make connections and find work. We talk about collaboration, creating content, Dear White People, of course, and Ashley shares stellar advice regarding individuality. Hint, just be yourself. I want to thank Josh Johnson for the opening track to this podcast. He's got a lot more in store for you on SoundCloud.com. You can find him at Saxophone Capone. Big thanks also to the supporters of Chance by Chance, because you make this possible. And now, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Ashley Blaine Featherson. Ashley, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So what is summer in L.A. like? How do you spend your time between shoots?
1: Oh, man. Um, summer's nice. I mean, we're kind of dealing with June gloom right now, so it's kind of gloomy. It always <laughs> happens around this time. Um but it's good. Like you know, I hang out in love with my friends a lot, and I, I'm kind of a homebody. I'm more of a homebody. I think than people think <laughs> <laughs> people think that I'm like out and about, and looking at, like I'm. I would my idea night is just like dinner at home with my girlfriends, and like having some rosé. <laughs> like that's my idea of like a really good weekend evening or something like that. Um, like, yeah, so I'm just, like, hanging out with my friends, working out. I like to hike. I hike uh, about four to five times a week. Nice. Um, and, yeah, that's about it. Still creating other content and stuff like that, yeah.
0: Still working. Yes. And you've uh, lived on both coasts now, growing up in Maryland. Are there any major differences you see between the arts on those two sides of the country? It seems to me like each kind of attracts its own set of people.
1: For sure, for sure, for sure. Like, I think on the East Coast, there's not as large of a percentage of people who are, like, um, at least in acting. I don't know about, like, modeling or music or whatever or any of the other areas of the arts as much, but more so in acting. I think there's more so of a percentage of people who are, like, who didn't spontaneously decide to do it. It was a career choice that they had planned and they moved to New York because, you know, New York is a hard place. You know, New York is a place that you go for theater. There's film Mm. and there's television there, too, but... You, if you're in New York, you're trying to do theater. You're trying to yeah. get around on that theater circuit, and you, that's not for the faint of heart. You can't just, like, <laughs> win. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think in L.A., it's more of a place that seems a little bit more like... Also, I'll go back to the East Coast. Like, you know, East Coast is harsh, you know. You have winners. You have hard winners. And you got to come out of the winners. You, you know, especially in New you know, you're to take the subways. and It's a hard city to make it in, just in general. I think L.A., it's a hard city to make it in before a different reason. I think there's a large percentage here of people who like, are kind of just willy-nilly trying to pursue the arts because it seems like it might be cool or LA is a sunny, beautiful place to live. So it's like, I guess if I'm gonna move, I might as well move to LA from
0: Nebraska and see what happens.
1: Yeah. It inspires people to come out here and like, figure out what they want to do. It's like, LA is a place you come to take a risk. New York is a place you come to like, really test it all out. But LA, it's like, like, you can't really risk it in New York. You've got to go to New York with, like, your head on your shoulders completely. But I think L.A. is a harder place to make it uh, for a different reason because it's um, – there's just so many people here trying to do the same thing. It's oversaturated in a way that I don't think New York is as much. I think New York is overpopulated, but the business isn't as oversaturated. Uh, it's not as hard to find the good, the good apples
0: in the bunch. And, and all of that being said, uh, the risk is certainly paying off for you. You've been finding a lot of work. Is there um, anything in particular you've done to distinguish yourself from the rest of the apples in that, in that bunch?
1: You know, uh, I, I can't say that there's anything specific that I've done
0: to distinguish myself.
1: But I think that the key is just to always be yourself. And this sounds so cliche, but that's the truth. I think, you know, um, being young and moving out here, you think that you kind of have to conform. You think that you kind of have to do what people are telling you to do or what you think to be right or what you observe other people to have done. But that's actually counterproductive. You have to figure out who you are and what works for you and how you want to be perceived and what your special nuances are. Once I kind of figured that out and really was able to, like, sit comfortably in that, then more doors started to open up for me. But this is, this is a place and this is a town this is a business where it's all about who you are. Anytime I get a job, it's because they want specifically something that only I can give. And it's really rewarding, but because of that, then that means that there's a lot of things that just aren't gonna be for, for you
0: because
1: it's for something specific that someone else can give, and that's okay.
0: Yeah. Looking, for instance, at Hello Cupid, your web series from a couple years back, can you walk me through that process of bringing it from an idea into a reality and how you brought on collaborators for who they were and what they could uh, add to the project?
1: For sure. So, you know, I was at a time in my life and in my career where I just felt like I felt underrepresented in media and I felt uh, like I wasn't getting a lot of work as an actor. I didn't really understand. So I was kind of frustrated and And so I kind of was like, you know, my mom had really been encouraging me for a long time to like do that because at the time web series were like becoming more popular. (laughs) Awkward black girl had hit the screen, had hit the scene. Um, And I think that really kind of uh, kind of changed things. Black and Sexy had the couple, which I think was like, which was a big hit as well. And I was like, okay, like this is, this is an interesting medium. And it was a medium that I too was getting into so I kind of came up with this like loose idea of like these two friends and like what it would be like like kind of like a what it was like with them being these two friends. Initially, the the girls were white and black. That was the idea that I had, and uh, just kind of like what the dynamic is like, and kind of what they go through and all and all that type of stuff. And also, it was still through a dating site, so it was still like the dating <laughs> site aspect that I had this idea because I had done some online dating and it just never resonated with me. I just thought it was so weird. Then I, at the time, uh, one of my closest friends, Lena Wade, I was like, hey, I have this idea, whatever. And I was like, I, I knew I wanted her to write it. Now the whole world can see she's a brilliant, talented person, but also just writer uh, specifically. And we got together at a coffee bean and we chatted and talked about it. And Lena was like, you know, threw in all these other like elements and just really like expanded the story. And we collaborated and we talked. And that same day she went home and wrote like a, like, a special for it because we were so excited about it. And I knew that I wanted to work with black and sexy TV because I liked the content that they were already producing. I liked, I think that they understood the aesthetic that we were going for and they were looking for content and I already had a relationship with them. And so did Lena. So uh, we went over and met with them. They loved it. They were the ones that really took the idea and spun it to like, well, what if they're actually like two black girls, but one is darker skinned and one is lighter skinned, which really kind of elevated the the story and took it to even a, a, a more, um, relevant and like current level that i think was really important for the climate now and then within like a month we started shooting
0: wow yeah it seems like a lot of things clicked at the right time
1: yeah it just did but it was definitely a collaborative process and everybody really added you know but black and sexy completely you know they really you know brought it to
0: life and and made it and made it happen and it just was all those steps and taking a look at Netflix's Dear White People. It seems like that's happened real quickly, too. You shot all 10 episodes over I think two months last fall It was just released this past April and that you know, that's a real quick turnaround for a new show Yeah, yeah for, you know for us it felt long, but
1: um, I, guess, <laughs> I guess in the grand scheme of things that does because like I was talking to my friend um, Ali Maki who's on wrecked and she's also she also plays a on Dear White People and she's a good mm-hmm. friend of mine and she was talking about how on the rec you know, they have to wait, like, a whole year until they go back. And I was like, wow, because for wow. us, we were like, oh, my God, like, when is the show coming out? And I was like, I guess for us, it's not as bad. Like, it could be a lot worse. But when you love what you're doing, it's like, you just want to work all the time. You want to be doing it all the time. Um, but, yeah, so, we, yeah, we shot September 1st to November 8th. And it came out April 28th. And, you know, here we are to tell our story.
0: Yeah, and you were also in the original film by Justin Simeon. Can you touch on any differences between uh, shooting that feature and then the new show, and maybe how your involvement continued from one project to this, this new project?
1: For sure, like, you know, shooting the, shooting the movie, like, it was an independent feature that, like, Justin and our producers and everybody in the cast, the crew, everybody really made it happen. Almost without, like the skin of our teeth, you know. Justin talks about how it was such a stressful, social process because we didn't have a lot of money and we didn't have a lot of resources and stuff, but we still made it happen, and it was mm. because you know Justin. It was a story that Justin was going to tell, come hell or high water. Yeah, and so shooting it was like fun, but it was more of like a. It it was a bonding experience too. I mean, both experiences were very much so a bonding experience, but like we were away, we were in Minnesota shooting this this movie during the, doing the, the summertime and minutes. It just was, it was that experience. <laughs> and, and, and for that particular film, it was the first experience like that for a lot of us. So for a lot of us, it was like our first like feature feature. For some of us, it wasn't, but for some of us, for a lot of us, it was like, this is our first time like going away to shoot a movie on location, you know? And that was yeah. really exciting. And we were just young and just, it just was great. And, uh, and just working with Justin, who at the time, you know, that was him directing his first feature, it just was such a beautiful, beautiful experience, because it was, it was a first for a lot of us. Um, and then as far as shooting the TV show, that was an amazing process, because, like, we have more money, and now we're, like, working with Netflix, and we're able to expound upon the story that we did in the movie, and we're working with some different people, but some cast members are the same from the, from the movie. And um, we had, like, a team of writers, and an amazing showrunner, and... It just—it was kind of like, and you know, we got to see these awesome sets. It just was kind of like a reimagining of what we had already done, but in like mm. an even greater, like a more grandiose way, and that just was really exciting. And it was just cool to see Justin, who's a dear, dear, dear one of my closest friends, to see his dream like continue to be fully realized. That just was cool to see like this new manifestation of what he's what he's always wanted for himself and for and for this world of the white people of Winchester University. And I just was so happy to be a part of it. So, like, I think some people get confused, but, like, the character that I play in this show is the same character that I played in the movie. It's just more uh, fleshed out. It's it's a little bit more – it's way more detailed. You get get to know who Joelle is and what her relationships are to the other students more than you were able to in the movie. And that's just simply because the movie was only a little over an hour. You know, we had, you know, over five hours to tell this story this time for the first season
0: that's really the beautiful thing about uh tv too is that you can build out these worlds so much more than you could in just a couple of hours it's uh you can tell such more epic stories in this in this uh growing medium
1: but that's always why i've loved television is because you have a chance you have hopefully seasons to tell these characters stories to paint a world to have people go through all different sorts of emotions and places in their lives And, and as an actor you know, that's why I do this. That, that's what makes it fun is to know, like, God, like, what will Joelle be doing in season four? Where will she be? <laughs> who, who will she be? What will she be doing? You know, like, that's exciting. What will she be doing in season two? You know, I was excited to see what she was going to be doing in season one, you know? So it's, that, that, there's so much to look forward to when it comes to that. And that's why I think sometimes it's so difficult when shows end. Um, which, you know, inevitably all shows come, kind of come to an end. You can't, you know, have a show that, well, I mean, I guess if it's like The Price is Right or something, and that's been on forever, right. but <laughs> it's like, but when, it, when it's actually storytelling, it's sad because you the characters die a little bit and you don't get to know where they continue on in life. That's mm-hmm. why it's so hard. That's why we get attached to these things. That's why streaming sometimes is hard because you're like, oh my, like people are like, oh my god, season one's over. Oh my god, like what do we do? What's going to happen in season two? And I'm like, We want to know the same thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, Ashley, switching gears a little bit here. uh, Were your parents also involved in the arts? I know. I mean, I know that you have uh, had the determination to be an actress since you were a young kid. But how did you come around to this initially?
1: So, yeah, my parents are not artists by trade and they never have been. Um, But my mom is a beautiful singer. Uh, and I sing too, so I, I definitely get that from my mom. Um, my dad is artistically inclined; like he, like he majored in film in college, and um, is a great photographer, and worked for the National Wildlife Federation for a while. And so I have like they have artistic tendencies, but they're not artists. But my parents are people who deeply uh, support artists, so they've always supported me having a art. I've never had parents who. We're like don't you think you want to go to law school or why don't you do such and such like they you know they sent me to college for a musical theater so i mean only parents that support their child would allow their child to do that so, i hear you
0: yeah <laughs> yeah and uh and looking at growing up um through school up until howard university eventually can we just look at an overview of that time maybe focusing on some of the mentors you had and the lessons that they taught you
1: Oh, man, so I had uh, a vocal teacher, like my choir teacher, in middle school, and her name was Miss Hep, and she really, to me, she changed it for me. Like, she kind of, um, and this is a star singing, she really was the person who saw my raw talent and saw what I was capable of doing and took a special interest in me and really w- helped hone hone my craft in a really special way that I'll never forget. And she, um, you know, trained me and encouraged me to join the Maryland All State Chorus, which is a very elite uh, chorus to get into. It's very hard. They only pick two vocalists from each county in the entire state, um, you know, when I was able to do that. And she was the one that, like, encouraged me to do voice lessons with that. I started voice lessons in about eighth grade and you know I just remember her caring so much like she was she's the first person I can really think in off my head that like really 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 cared like who I was going to become not that other people didn't other teachers I had or mentors in or whatever it just something about her was just like she knew that I was gonna that I could even at that age at 12 she knew that I could, that I could make a living doing this. She knew that I had what it took to take this further, and I and I'll always I'll always appreciate that, um, and I'll always remember that. And then in in high school, you know, I I started I did my first professional play when I was a sophomore in high school. So I was doing uh, a play at the Studio Theater in Washington D.C. called Runaway Home, and you know. I was like a working actor at like 14, 15. And it just, it was like a lot, you know, I was like having to leave for tech rehearsals in the middle of the day and, you know, having to leave school early and not being able to really hang out with my friends a lot because I had eight shows a week and like, you know, whatever. Um, but I had the costume designer on the play, on the, on the play his name is Reggie Ray. And we really took, he took a liking to me and he saw, he saw a lot in me as well. And he ended up being, uh, years later I went to Howard university about three years later, but he was also um, uh, the costume professor at Howard in the theater department. He was someone who really saw a lot in me, encouraged me, and was really supportive of me, um, really from like 14 um, until he passed away um, a few years ago. And yeah, I just, I've had some, to be honest, I've been really blessed and lucky that I've had so many, all of my art teachers, all of my theater teachers, all of my just it, people always saw something in me and, and they wanted to, no one ever, I'll say this, no one ever tried to dim my light. <laughs> I don't have the experience where anybody tried to tell me that I wasn't good enough or maybe I shouldn't pursue this or maybe I shouldn't or maybe I don't have what it takes. And uh, in a business that's this hard and where you have to be so resilient, I'm really grateful for that. I'm really, really grateful for that.
0: That is so motivating too in that, uh, be, you know, because I have similar people in my life and I just want to make sure that I'm doing them proud in whatever I do. Of course, what I, what I do and what I go on to do is for me, um, but I mean, looking at my parents and my teachers through school and, and everyone that uh, has, has believed in me this far, I um, you know, I, I want to do it for them as well. So that can be a huge motivating factor.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I know that they're so proud of me. You know, I, you gotta stick with it. You gotta, you gotta believe it. It's, it's true. It's like people can believe in you to the world and back. But if you don't believe in yourself, then it then it doesn't matter.
0: Hmm. So after graduating with your BFA from Howard, uh, you moved to LA. I think eight months later. What did you do in that first year or so to build connections and find work? I struggled. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I um. You know, I was really blessed. My god sister darren she was living about 45 miles outside of la and was getting her phd and was like hey look you can stay with me and like until you like like get on your feet essentially and you know no problem you can just like sleep on my on an mattress <laughs> in my living room and i was like oh my god like thank you so much so I was, i'm so grateful to her for allowing me to do that because that's really how i got out here i didn't have enough money to just like Get an apartment and just like I mean I could have, but that would have taken me a lot longer to save. Um, and I just was so anxious to get out. Here. Um. But in that first year, what I did, you know, I met people and and I I really I did my research too. Like, you know, I tell it's a little different. Man. I mean, the business has changed so much now. But when I came out here, like you know, I was really hell bent on like making sure I had a manager and an agent because I needed people. I needed to know that I was represented because. So I had been, I had had a manager since I was 14. So I was like, I need a manager in LA. Like that just was a, I just felt like how else, I, I was already aware when I got here, how else am I going to get the work, get work and have someone represent me if I don't have representation. So at the time, um, you know, agencies and managers would accept mailings, which are like, you know, you put your headshot your resume in an envelope with like a cover letter and you send it to them. You hope they open it and call you in. Uh, now, like, that is literally you can't do that anymore in the business, so it's always hard when young actors try to ask me what to do because I'm almost like I don't even know what to tell you because it's just it's just, it's just a hard-knock life out here. Like, it's hard. So I did that. Mm-hmm. So I did my research, and what I did was I would get on IMDb, and I would look up actors, and now in retrospect, I'm like, why would I think that Halle Berry's manager and Taraji T. Henson's manager would assign me then but whatever I was <laughs> ambitious yeah. anyway but I you know I was looking up these actors these actors and actresses who I felt like were similar to me or had a similar um career trajectory that I that I wanted or agents or managers that I really thought w- might be right for me but had a void of someone like me on their roster and I did, literally did this research for like um, a couple weeks and compiled about a list of about 50 agents and managers I wanted to mail to and I mailed to all of them and I heard back from about seven. Which is, like, a, that's, like, a large percentage. I was, like, surprised. Because you have to understand, I just had theater on my resume and, like, okay headshots. I literally had theater, a degree from Howard, and, like, that's it. A few, mm-hmm. like, short films or something like that I had done back home. Anyway, and so uh, that was really a huge focus of me getting representation and meeting people and collaborating with people and, um, I think it was getting representation in like trying to get find my footing, figure out like, okay, I, I gotta stay somewhere, I gotta be comfortable, I gotta get a job, like, you know, all of those things, those, 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 in that beginning year, that was of chief importance.
0: Are, are there any uh, common mistakes that you see young actors making or maybe avenues of success that you don't see them taking?
1: Hmm. I think the biggest mistake that any young actor can make is to try to be like somebody else. Hmm. That's the biggest mistake because you're never going to get hired for being somebody else. You're only going to get hired for being you, which is what I said earlier. And I get it. I get why actors do it because you look and you say, okay, Jennifer Lawrence is really successful. So I need to be just like Jennifer Lawrence in order to be successful. But Jennifer Lawrence is successful because she's Jennifer Lawrence and people want Jennifer Lawrence. That's it. They don't want Ashley Blaine Featherston who acts like Jennifer Lawrence. That's (sighs) the piece of purpose because they already have Jennifer Lawrence. But Mm. when you're young and when you just want to work, that's a hard concept to understand. You know what I mean? It seems like that's the mold. That's what I should do. But there's a mold. There's a there's an in for all of us. It's the timing that you have to be patient with.
0: Hmm.
1: There's a space for everybody. It's the timing that is that is the hard thing to be patient with. I would also say a a mistake that I see um, a lot of young actors. Or creators making is, is um, being selfish. You know, my greatest successes were collaborations. They're never going to be things I just do on my own because you can't do anything on your own. <laughs> and, you know, it's just the truth. You know, and the truth is, like, I have strength. You know, when I had the idea for Hello Cupid, I went to Lena because she's a fantastic writer. I'm not. I have other talents, I'm a creator. I like to, I'm a producer. I'm an actor. I'm a singer. I'm a dancer. But I, writing is not my forte. Could I do it? Sure. But it's going to be done better if I have Lena do it. Could I have just produced Hello, Cupid on my own and thrown it on my own YouTube channel? Sure. I'm sure I could have. I could have done that. But Black and Sexy and Dennis and Numa already already had mastered that. They already did it. They had the had the they had the wherewithal. They had the they had the the equipment. They had the the knowledge they had everything. So why would I try to do it on my own and I could collaborate with people who can do it better than I can? And um, so that it's, it's being able to be to not be selfish and to realize that you'll be able to accomplish more when you collaborate with like-minded individuals who also want to help you achieve a, a common goal and I just think that's really important.
0: I like it. I like it and uh, just being respectful of your time Uh, Wrapping up here with some rapid-fire questions, what advice would you give to your 21-year-old self? Oh my god, uh... Really, really, really enjoy your 20s. (laughs) That's it. Like, that's it. Awesome. And uh, who are you impressed by, in acting or otherwise? Who do you think is doing good work today?
1: Hmm... I'm really okay so i have two people i'm really impressed by yara shahidi just because i think she's so like i like that she is a young a multifaceted young woman i like that she's come as a political commentator i like that she's an actor i like that she's smart i like that she's fashionable i like that she's fun i like that she's bold like i just like that she isn't i like that she's more than an actor because that's how i what i feel like i am and she feels like a like I see so much of myself in her, like that I like that she's like I don't want to just be on Blackish, I want to do Blackish and I want to go to college and I want to do this and I want to work with this fashion. I I like her 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 ambition. I really and I like that it's all this ambition in a seventeen year old. I just think it's amazing. Um, and then I'm really 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 blown away by um, Aisha Hines. She's one of my closest friends, but the work she did. Well, the work she's always done, <laughs> but the work specific she, specifically she did on Underground as Harriet Tubman, I just think, was ground shaking. It just was, as an actor, she is a walking master class. Like, she's a walking master class in Rolab because she's, like, a, a sister to me, but even as an actor, if any young actor, who's like, who do you think, like, what do you think I should do? I'm like, watch Aisha Hines. Just watch her stuff. Any of it. I don't care. Just pick a show that she's on. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, And I'm just so proud to know her. I'm so proud that and I'm so excited that so many other people are seeing what what we see, too. And it's just that's just such a great feeling. I'm so proud of her. And she inspires me so much as a person, but as an artist, too.
0: Amazing. And uh, if you could be anywhere doing anything in five years, what would your life look like? However, unrealistically, just anything at all. I would be shooting a show, like shooting, being on a show. Maybe it's your white
1: people. Maybe it's something else too, in addition to your white people. Um, and I would be while on hiatus, I would be in Central Pay on a yacht, <laughs> enjoying my <laughs> life with like my husband.
0: Yeah, that's where I am. Beautiful, beautiful. Any party, uh, parting asks for the audience? Anything you want to see in the world that we might be able to bring about?
1: Um, you know, I would like for us in the world, but specifically as Americans, because we are such a melting pot, to ask more questions about each other. Like I had lunch yesterday with Allie, who I mentioned to you on the show, and she's Japanese American, I'm African American. And as friends, we just wanted to know more about one another. Like, what are, what are our experiences as minorities in America are like? How, how much are they alike? How much are they different? What have you been through? What have I been through? What's your life been like? Like, I just think it, for me, I left hanging out with her feeling so much more enlightened, not only in knowing my friend more, but just knowing about a, someone else's life more. Just, uh, and it doesn't matter. Like, Allie happens to be a friend of mine, but even just somebody in the line of the DMV, just being kind and empathetic and, and really caring about one another. I just think that, I hope that we can continue to do more of that because it's, it's, a, it's an education and, it's an, and it adds an empathy to everybody that I think is just much needed.
0: Yeah, it really builds community everywhere. Ashley, where can people find you? On social media or your website?
1: Yeah, you can find me on my website, which is ashleyblainefeatherston.com. You can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at, at AshleyBlaine. And then on Snapchat, it's That's So ABF.
0: Thank you so much for coming on the show. I I look forward to everything still to come. You're doing great work.
1: Thank you. You're so kind. I had a great time talking to you.
0: Awesome. Take care. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, visit ChanceByChance.com. There, you can sign up for the email newsletter where I share reflections on each episode, upcoming events, special offers, and more at ChanceByChance.com forward slash support You can arrange a recurring donation with Patreon. There's also a new tab for one-time donations. 100% of your contributions are applied to the show itself. I'm also now partnering with Audible. You can sign up for a free 30-day audiobook trial, and I'm paid a small commission. A link to that is on the support page of the website as well. Stay cool out there, my friends. And until next time, thank you for listening.